0: Welcome to Part of My Fandom, a place that people come to express their passions for their fandoms. And today we're going to be talking comic books with my man Parker, aka also known as Alec. Uh he's uh he runs a um comic book uh Facebook group and he's involved in a lot of things. He explains it in the uh in the episode, but uh man, the amount, the I'm oh, sorry, the amount of knowledge he had for uh comic books is just amazing it's amazing i could have talked to him i could have did a whole another hour and something just picking his brain but i'm glad you know and appreciate the time that i did have with him uh it's gonna be a good interview y'all gonna enjoy this one especially if you have just a little bit of interest in comic books or marvel movies or you know any of that definitely gonna enjoy this so with that said don't forget this is part of my fandom you can reach us across all podcast platforms and all social media platforms at part of my fandom and you can email the show at part of my fandom at gmail.com so yeah with that said hope you enjoyed the interview welcome to a part of my fandom where we have guests on to express their passions for their fandom and today who do we got want to introduce yourself
1: uh this is parker Eggle, aka alec coming to you live
0: (laughs) how you doing parker
1: i am doing well hopefully you are as well
0: that's good that's good so what what brings you here today parker
1: Well, I'm going to talk about my passion for comics, and of course, I get a few shout-outs out of the way, so I will say if you're interested in comic books, a good place to check out will be Comic Book Group on Facebook, as it's one of the largest comic book communities in Facebook, if not the largest as well as I have my personal group, Collectors Playground. So Collectors, one word, apostrophe, then Playground. And then in terms of like helping comic sales, I primarily help good old comics, and that's actually the comic sales group that created Comic Book Group. So... That will be who I help on Facebook, and then I tend to basically try to help everyone I can find what they're passionate about in comics and make those connections possible when I can, whether it's people I know, the various groups, or other people.
0: Okay. All right, so let's start. And what's the best place to start is the beginning. So, uh, how? So, where did all this love for comic books come come from?
1: Uh, yeah. What I came from probably around the age of six. My twin brother and I would visit my maternal grandparents, and my mom's brother, aka my uncle. He would take us to at the downtown Salzburg area in Wisconsin. They had a shop called Jackson's. So it was kind of like a ice cream candy shop. And but the main thing was they always had a rack of comics and then he'd always buy my brother and I one each time we were down visiting. Our grandparents and they were down also, so then just happened that Eric Eric would be my twin brother, so Eric and I gravitated towards Amazing Spider Man and Spider Man related titles and that's kinda where it all started.
0: Okay. So uh before we get too deep, how m- how many comics do you own?
1: Uh, Enough that I don't keep count. <laughs> I'll just say enough that I only have Amazing Spider-Man organized. I have Amazing Fantasy 15 graded, Amazing Spider-Man 1 to what would be now number 5 which is legacy number 899 waiting on 6 aka 900 which should come out on the 27th of this month (sighs) keeping current with that then I tend to add first appearances for Marvel DC and Independent as I can and it happens a lot of the time i'll just get lucky and a lot of the independent comics are the ones that get optioned by streaming services
0: mm-hmm. so you say 900 does that mean there's 900 volumes of this or
1: uh there would be 900 total comics wow amazing <laughs> spider-man so they're hitting that milestone and I easily have, you know, I say, uh, seven, seven or nine long boxes, then eight short boxes. Then I have all my ASM in uh cgc boxes because i have slabs and raw comics that allowed me to combine them and then that's i have a box for basically each hundred so essentially eight box eight cgc boxes for that and the ninth one ready to go
0: have you uh have you read all those
1: uh i have not read all of them for the most part i i find ways to do it for free digitally primarily actually google and you can basically get a synopsis of any any comic you want that's a, a good tip if you're trying to find like first appearances that are hidden The fandom posts on google will reveal hidden information that you may not normally see even on say a slab because it may not be a major first appearance but a fandom link will have even the minor first
0: Okay. When you say what slab, what does that mean?
1: Uh, It means a graded comic book. Okay. So it's in between two pieces of plastic, or what they call a slab.
0: Okay, and And those obviously
1: there's different grading companies like CGC, CBCS, PGX most popular one is cgc at least for resale and cbcs and cgc tend to be the two more popular based on how long the turnaround time is in terms of what people do for their personal collections
0: so uh so when it's on slab as you say it, yeah, you, you can't, um, you're not supposed to open those, right? <laughs> That's just. Uh,
1: well, when it's slabbed, you keep it slabbed because it's in the plastic. Okay. When it's raw, can, ideally, you want to put it in a bag and board. I typically put everything in Silver Age bags and boards. So that will be a plastic kind of mylar bag. And then a cardboard backing board, but then it's got a special side with coating on it that kind of keeps it holding up longer than if it were just say a piece of cardboard. Okay. And then that's then you ideally you want to put the comic on the board and slide the board into the bag all horizontal, so that way you don't create any dings or anything in the spine of the comic. And ideally, it keeps it maintained. I guess in terms of storage, way to prevent spine roll, especially if you're storing long-term, is... Taking two comics most people will go one in a bag and board and then take another one in a bacon board, put it right in front of it. But the spines and the on the left and the side on the right where it opens, there's more the width on the left side with the spine. So over time, that could lead the line with stacking that way. So the best way to store them is to go cover to cover. So that way you have the two spines in the bag and boards touching each other in a sense, but they're still separated by the bag. And then, because then you basically have spine on the left and the right side of a comic, and spine and the right side again, and then that keeps them even when they're stored.
0: That sounds like a lot of work.
1: (laughs) It can be. Definitely worth it when you can save on a press. Stuff like that, so that's what will end up happening. Is people will have to pay to get them pressed, unless they own a press themselves. And then obviously you need to put the time into practice and learning how long you press. And each comic can be different.
0: So, w- what's press? Is that like a, a automatic sealer or?
1: Uh, it's a way to flatten the comic.
0: Oh, like get all the wrinkles out? and
1: Yeah, wrinkles, water stains, or say you use an eraser to erase pen marks. Wow. Uh, There's a lot of different things people can use. And then the idea is the press will flatten the comic so that it can essentially grade the highest possible on a 10 point scale so 0 to 10 Okay. and and then when you get a slabbed comic or graded comic the grading company will use that 10 point scale to assign a grade to your comic and the benefit to having graded comics is you get a objective grade on something that is actually subjective when it comes to grading. Everyone will grade differently because the guidelines are in place, but there are and there's certain criteria for each grade, but there's not like a specific set example for each grade and so forth. Thus, you're really trying to objectify something subjective and thus people, when it's a rock comic, do it the best they can, but some have more practice at it than others. And then in general, I find it's better to undergrade a raw comic in general especially if you're trying to sell or trade it is then you're safer with lowering what it would be worth so then the person on the other end won't be disappointed
0: hmm man it sounds like a lot goes into this <laughs> trying yep. to, uh yeah but
1: you could use that same logic with sports cards, yeah, any trading cards. So essentially, same thing, just with comic books.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, what's the most expensive comic you own?
1: Uh, and how much probably, is it? I would probably say it's my Amazing Fantasy fifteen first appearance of Peter Parker, Spider Man. Aunt May, Uncle Ben. That would probably be my most expensive.
0: How much is that one?
1: Uh, it's up there. I know recently it, it, there was one in auction that actually surprisingly sold the cheap, which kind of... May inflated the value on that comics, and comics in general are kind of in flux due to that. But that one would be more of a fluke. But if I had to legitimately price it, and stuff like that, it's probably anywhere from fifty thousand to seventy five thousand
0: for a comic book. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I heard, well, I say that, but I heard about like, I don't know, what was it, Superman 1 or something Nick Cage yep. bought some years ago for like a million dollars or something?
1: Yep, and it's, well, and now Action Comics 1 for Superman is probably over a billion
0: now. What? So, yep. Did you say a, with a B? <laughs> yep, with a B. <laughs> How is that possible? The key key
1: is is that in the Golden Age, DC was the most popular. Superman was the most popular individual superhero for team. It was Batman and Robin. Then in the Silver Age, which would be essentially your early 1960s, the most popular character was Spider-Man for Marvel and then X-Men for Marvel as well. And again, that's why if you go Silver Age comics, the most valuable Silver Age comic is actually Amazing Fantasy fifteen because he's the most... Popular, and then you can see in general. Now the trend is that comics have transcended pop culture.
0: So mm-hmm.
1: That's something else you can take into account. In that pop culture, say, you get say uh, an art page which is somewhat, say, a page from a comic an artist drew that was supposed to be a sample of what the actual comic is supposed to look like, then you can collect that as art. So there's a lot of different ways you can collect for comics and then comparing them to the stock market, their actual and any market similar to it it's one of the biggest return on investments in a short period of time but obviously you need practice to kind of know how to speculate where comics are heading which ones will heat up and then also know when to sell to try to maximize that return on investment which is primarily why i don't actually sell a lot and it's because for me it's more about enjoying the hobby enjoying the comics themselves having them and that's where the saying of "low grade is better than no grade" <laughs> comes into play,
0: mm-hmm. meaning
1: it's better to have a comic in any condition than not to have it at all.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Um, so, fifty thousand to
1: seventy five thousand
0: dollars. Yep. You ever thought about selling that? <laughs> Just.
1: Thought about it, but still not going to.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like they'll become like your children, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, that it was pretty much you could say my bucket list grail book. So I
0: yeah, made yeah, sure I gotcha. to
1: get it. And then it's like, well, got that out of the way. Then had a lot of ASM already. Pretty much bought, so I was pretty much just filling in gaps over the past couple of years. Probably, maybe it's probably been a good uh, six years, I could say, where I've just been on current stuff and then... Couple of years prior to that is where I was filling in the gaps, mainly in the Silver Age, which would be pre one hundred for Amazing Spider Man.
0: Wow! And uh, I know I heard what you said earlier about the you know the most return on you know like a purchase. I mean, <laughs> that My- first Superman was what five cents when it came out. <laughs> you know.
1: Yep, something. Like, yep, that yeah. sounds about right.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and now you said a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, well, if it's pretty great good, return. depending
1: on its grade, if it's, yeah. you know, everything's going to be grade dependent in terms of how complete it is, and so forth, and because that's also where some people, if they have an incomplete comic, will take it and make it into. a like a single page and then grade the single pages and then that's a way to own part of the book so have people done that with Action 1 I can't say they have but it would be a potential way that say someone that owns an Action Comics 1 that's incomplete and they know they won't get the big money for it Mm -hmm. they could literally just take it page by page and submit them for grading and then make a profit that way selling them by a page at a time
0: so um how many uh, i'm sorry about this action one i just can't okay. believe it how many um uh, <laughs> how many of those you think are existent still
1: uh real, really the best way to look would be to use something like go collect dot com for Mm -hmm. example and then it will kind of give you a cgc census basically you want to know like the census numbers and that's only going to tell you how many are graded but it will not take into account raw copies yeah so they're in essence well, we will never really know how many raw copies are yeah, floating yeah, yeah.
0: around. Because, I mean, I mean you, know, you don't know how many are sitting in Grandma's basement, you know.
1: Yeah, <laughs> or attic. Yeah,
0: or or attic or whatever. Barn or Yeah. who
1: knows where.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Storage unit. So I asked about the most expensive. What's the rarest comic journal? The
1: rarest? Again, you could argue Amazing Fantasy 15 just due to its age, but then... There are other rare ones I own and it would be because they're low print or same incentive type covers which Mm. again are just lower print which then makes them rare in that regard. An example I can give of a rare one that I would have would be Malibu Sun. it would be um, let's see, first appearance of Spawn, by, and that's it's autographed, and yellow label CGC, meaning it was witnessed by a CGC witness that the signature was legitimate.
0: Is it uh, Tom McFarlane? Yep, oh, Tom McFarlane. Oh, awesome.
1: So first Spawn signed by Todd McFarlane Slab. I want to say it's like a nine six or a nine four off the top of my head, one of the two grades. And then it's yellow label signed by Todd McFarlane CGC. And then technically if you then go next first appearance, which is the most common one, people own would be Spawn One, but when you go like, when was the real first appearance yeah. of Spawn? It's actually Malibu Sun. It's right on the cover. And then. Then, technically, there's an error version of that. and It's some error with the back cover. So, technically, there would have been potential. It could have been rarer yet huh. in that regard.
0: Yeah, because mistakes sometimes raise the value, huh?
1: Yeah, well, they do. They do in general. Oh, okay. Because, example, Spider-Man 1, Torment... Just off the top of my head, Todd McFarlane comic again, the silver print, so it would be the silver web on the cover. They ran out of ink over time as they were printing the comic, so there are actual known errors, but not to the extent of how many exist. What it is, is there's panels where the lizard will be blue and then rarer yet where the lizard will be yellow Hmm. lizard being one of spider-man's villains yeah dr kirk connor's first appearance in amazing spider-man six and but anyway that's a printing error that it, he, the wizard went from green, and then as it ran out of ink for making the green color, then it went to blue copies, and then when it ran out of ink more, then yellow copies. <laughs> and again, they're probably worth at least 1,000 to 1,500 each just for that printing error. On that one
0: comic, you know, and just think some kid probably bought that and complained, Why is the lizard yellow? (laughs) Yeah, I I don't want this stupid comic. Very true,
1: (laughs) (laughs) especially since it was the 90s, that's kind of when they had a lot of gimmicks and all that. So,
0: yeah, I I definitely understand that concept. I, you know, I collect not as much as I used to, but collect shoes and. You know, and I, all I all I ever think about is how for what they go for now, what shoes are, you know, in the resale market are going for now. How many times I didn't played in those shoes and went outside and muddied them up when I was growing up and everything. If <laughs> I just had half of the shoes I had growing up, you know, I'd be a millionaire probably, you know, they're in mint condition yep. right now. But, you know, like you said, it was, you know, you bought comics the same way you bought shoes to wear. You bought comics Uh, to read. You
1: you (laughs) buy yeah. You enjoy them, and then as you get older, yeah, you find ways that you can still enjoy them, and you have the option to read them. Sure. So if I want to read. Any comic I own. I have the ability to, but it doesn't mean I necessarily have to. And again, it's still possible to read them. You just would ideally want to put latex gloves on. Again, so you're not putting fingerprints on the comic. And then you want to handle it very carefully. So that way, again, you're not. Making bands in the pages and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, what is the weirdest comic you own? Weirdest. Or even read. What's the weirdest comic you ever read? Something you read was like, man, that, what? You know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, um, like, i would i would actually say not necessarily weirdest but actually interesting would be like amazing spider-man uh i think i'm gonna say five twenty six or so it should be where Basically, Peter makes a deal with Mephisto, and it's how they rebooted Amazing Spider-Man to make uh, Volume Four. Hmm. And if you want me to spoil the details, I can because I guess we'll just go spoiler alert.
0: That's right, we do spoiler alert.
1: Spider-Man makes a deal with Mephisto as one of the devils in the Marvel MCU. Or, well, not cinematic universe, but just MCU universe, so Marvel comic universe. And that's one difference between Marvel and DC is Marvel has multiple devil characters dc only has one marvel has one death character dc has multiple death characters but Hmm. anyway getting back on topic mephisto learns that peter parker and mayday parker peter's daughter are the only two superheroes that can defeat him. So what he does is he basically makes a deal with Peter. He goes, I'll erase your marriage to Mary Jane. In return, I'll revive your Aunt May. So of course, Peter says yes, and then that's what happens and then that's how they reboot amazing spider-man <laughs> after that issue because it's like putting a reboot on spider-man at that point because it's like his marriage is undone his aunt May is back and
0: mm-hmm.
1: stuff like that and then It's basically, it was Mephisto's way to ensure that Peter's daughter was never born, and then that actually led to the comic What If 105, which is the first appearance of Mayday Parker. And it kind of goes into, like, what if she actually lived, and then they did Amazing Spider-Girl and Spider-Girl comics, which would have been made a Parker as essentially Spider-Woman, but Spider-Girl and wearing Spider-Man's costume and stuff like that, taking after her father and stuff like that, so... Now kinda almost like an alternate universe, you'd say. Yeah. With the what if and then creating the other comics based on
0: I never realized what if was a comic book series. I, I knew about, you know, I watched the show. But yep. I never realized it it's was a, a comic book series.
1: Yeah, it was it's based on the comics. That's where some of the ideas come from. So, for example, just off the top of my head, the What If Peggy Carter actually comes from Exiles number three, because that's kind of the first time they did What If for Peggy Carter. Stuff like that, and and there was the evil Doctor Strange. Yeah, where that is, I want to say, what if uh, Doctor Strange was a servant of Dormammu? Mm-hmm. That's what if number eighteen. So basically, right there, you get his first comic book appearance. And then they take those comics and turn them into cartoons and stuff like that. So using the comics as a basis, yeah, source material, for ideas, yeah, source material, yeah, so basis for do, ideas.
0: Do you think, uh, like the uprising, like you know, comic? Well, it'd be superhero movies. Do you think that's helped comic books or kind of hurt that medium?
1: Uh in general i would say it's helped more than it's hurt it's more that in general that's part of like selling you want to ideally sell kind of like two weeks before A movie comes out of a given character if you have a relevant first appearance or key comic book, so there's some information. uh, Then that's usually when you get the most money for the investment, so to speak, if you consider selling. Otherwise, it can hurt it if the movie does bad then the value of the comic could drop. If it does well, it could actually stay the same, or it could go up. And I would say a lot of it, more than anything, when it comes to how it can hurt a comic, is when the movie doesn't live up to the expectations of the fans, usually that's Even older generations than me, where they're more got to be set in the ways of exactly like the comic. (laughs) You can't stray from that source, and if you do, it's a complete bomb. But clearly, when you're trying to get younger viewers and so forth, you're going to use different methods to appeal to a broader audience because you're not aiming a movie just at fans. You're aiming it for everyone to enjoy.
0: Yeah, not, not to mention some of those comics it kind of dark. <laughs> and yeah. I don't they, think they can show all that, especially since, like, you know, Disney then bought Marvel and, you know,
1: yep. and stuff uh, like that. The, the ways they get around that are again more of the streaming services. Yeah. That's where you have like Invincible and the Boys yeah. on Amazon and stuff like that. Those are two actual darker comics or more violent, whatever mm-hmm. you want to say. And they can be more graphic with the material because it's a streaming service and rated accordingly so
0: so what about like those type of um like you know everybody you know the less everybody knows about marvel and dc but then you have like you know invincible the boys you know those kind of comic book makers is that like its own type of thing or
1: Yep, they're considered independent comics, and they don't have the same legal tape you would have to get around for, say, Marvel and DC Mm -hmm. characters to make the movies, because then you gotta go, like, who owns the rights to the names? Who owns the rights to these characters? and so forth and before that Marvel sold off all the rights to everything and then slowly acquired them back and then merged with Disney and Disney acquired the rest of them and so forth so with independent comics it's all in one place so you really just have to pay say the creators the writer and person that came up with the idea and then give them credit and probably royalties mm-hmm. and beyond that they're good to go yeah and then kind of a trick back early 2000s and mid 2000s like for netflix for example if you happen to find an independent comic that had an ad for netflix on the back cover that was a secret indication that it was optioned by netflix Really? whether they're still using that trick I can't really say but it was one they used in the past generally speaking when you look at independence you basically go if you can get a number one at cover price you can take a chance on it and then if you like the story and it turns out that it has good a good story is the most important key then if it's a known writer or known artist especially if they already have stuff optioned then again likelihood whatever they're working on next will be optioned because, like, Mark Millar, he basically sold all his properties to Netflix. So they basically have the rights to option anything Mark Millar makes. Whether or not they will, that's to be seen. They've done some stuff, but again...
0: What, what does he make? 10. What Anything I might have uh, heard of?
1: Let's see, it's trying to remember what now. Because I'm more remembering, like, I know James Tinian is optioned. And he's going to be known for, uh, let's see, something is killing the children.
0: Uh, and
1: then there's Middle West. By Scotty Young, uh, Mark Millar. I'm trying to remember what it actually was that they did, but I can name just a few off the top of my head that were optioned on Netflix. It would be like October Faction. then Umbrella Academy would be one. Oh, okay. I'll that watch one's that. actually Ger- Gerard Way of. And he was the lead singer of. The, let's see. My Chemical Romance.
0: Oh, okay. So, yeah.
1: So he got his comic option, which would be that. Then. There's always going to be speculation on a lot of things. Uh, like, for example, Stray Dogs is another one that should be, be getting made. Well, more likely a movie than a show, but you never know. It's kind of like a horror story with dogs.
0: <laughs> that <laughs> sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, some movies I watched and I I didn't even, you know, you watch a movie and you don't even know it's based on a comic book, you know. Yep. <laughs> you know.
1: Another so. one is The Order on Netflix and that's based on the comic book The Magic Order and that's about people that can turn into werewolves to fight magic.
0: <laughs> okay. So, huh. So, um, I, I, earlier, I know you you were talking about, you know, you don't really have to, you know, open up your, your comics anymore because you can find mediums online, you know? Yeah. And I was just thinking about, you're right, absolutely right, because, I wa- you know, I don't read comics myself, but uh, TikTok. I, yeah. <laughs> I listen to people, you know, pretty much give synopses of comics on TikTok, you know? Yep. And they'll go. Do th- that. Yeah, they and go I'm through sure all the highlights. I'm sure they'll have them on
1: YouTube as well. Yeah, yeah,
0: I do. I've I seen them on YouTube too. They'll make you know. They'll do you know the quick version, but you you get the yep. gist of the story and you know you get all the yep. good parts. It, you it's, know?
1: it's one of those as long as you have a firm basis or firm grounding of what has happened what is currently happening you can pretty much fill in the gaps Mm -hmm. yourself just based on a few details so it's like since i've been collecting amazing spider-man all along from start to current i pretty much have an idea of what's going on what will happen stuff like that
0: yeah so it's funny. So I remember the moment that I kind of, when I was a kid, I wanted to read comic books, right? So, yep. and it was a comic book. So I grew up in California. So there were plenty of comic book stores around oh. me. Mm-hmm. So uh, we go to the comic store and I started with like, a, it was like a Batman comic, you know? Okay. So I started reading, I read like, I don't know, three or four issues maybe of this. And I was really getting into it. And I was like, oh, you know, I like comics. So I show up at the store one day and they have this issue where Batman's a vampire, right? Yep. <laughs> and I was like, so I asked the guy, I go, uh, well, this doesn't go along with like what I've been reading. And he goes, Oh, no, no, no. That's that's a separate book, you know, yep. based on some different story. Yark. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it confused me so much. I didn't understand. I was like, Well, you know, so then I start looking around and You know, what do you start? You had, you know, it was like X-Men, then you, but then you had like X-Men 2042, then, you know, the the amazing X-Men. It's like, well, you know, what do you read? And I just got so frustrated with it. I was like, you know what? I'm done. Typically, (laughs) you'd want to
1: pick where you want to start. So, whatever Batman, so let's just say you picked Batman as a vampire, just for Mm -hmm. argument's sake. Then you'd go to google for example or any other platform where you can search then you would go re- reading list fuller and then you put in the title and then it would it will then you just find the relevant link click on it and it will be like read these comics in this order yeah. and it will tell you then how to, what order to read, or you could even go hypothetically search Batman, and obviously it will have you start with Detective Comics 37, which would be his first appearance. Yeah. And then it will create a reading list from there.
0: See, but unfortunately, so, this was 1994, and yeah. all I had was like the 17 year old kid in there going, You know, what do you mean? Just pick a book. You know, know? (laughs) so it just, it totally discouraged me from reading comics because I just get so confused about all the different stories. You know, to me, it was like, okay, there's the, there's the X-Men I see on TV that, that should just be one comic book and it should just run to the end. It shouldn't be this Phoenix and, you know, and, and all these different.
1: That's why they did. They do a bunch of story arcs to branch off characters.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because
1: again, it's for them. It's all about making money.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I understand that now. on a motor. You know, <laughs> I mean, they. You know, why? You know, why make a few dollars just writing issue after issue this one story when you can go? Hmm. But you know, what if Professor X wasn't the leader of the X Men and write a story about that? You know. Yeah. So. Yeah, I definitely understand the business side of it now, but back then I was just so baffled by how can it just be all these stories, and why isn't everybody outraged? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So uh,
1: I would, uh, I would say the younger people, if they were, it would be understandable. In my day and age, again, I pretty much just targeted Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, sometimes I would get. You know, say like web of Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man, Spider-Man, like related type comics, and or say first appearance that I could tell was a first appearance, Mm -hmm. where some of them would be obvious, like Amazing Spider-Man 300, just in a black costume. That's obviously a key yeah you don't know you don't necessarily know why it's a key at that (laughs) age but it's like he's not in his red and blue costume with the labbing so something happened
0: grab it has uh has anything ever outraged you that you saw in one of these like um superhero movies that you were like um. Uh, You know, like I I can't believe this. (laughs) Like they can't do this.
1: I wouldn't really say outraged per se. It would be again. I would be. I would like to see more concrete movies where, again, they're more true to the comics. But yes, I understand the what they're trying to accomplish and stuff like that. I would say the biggest thing would be to me is when they try to say force things on people that they just don't need to. unfortunately it just kind of is the way it is with like, say the everything being woke, stuff like that. So it's like, if it worked, if it, truly works in the story and stuff like that and it's true to the comics and stuff like that run with it and even you know you don't have to cast people you know you can cast any race you can cast any ethnicity anything like that as long as again you're keeping it true to the story it's like because at some point, and like let's use Spider-Man for example, you got Miles Morales, is mm-hmm. half Puerto Rican, half African American, but in theory you could say the MCU, so Marvel. Well, I should. MCU, so in this case, Marvel Cinematic Universe. And then we, you could say, given that there's an infinite number of dimensions, it's possible to have an Asian Spider-Man. It's possible to have an African-American Spider-Man,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Pakistani, Indian, you name it within the multiverse because they established it it makes sense so again they can use that to cast whoever they want but it's like say they go and make like say take miles and then how his love interest is ghost spider or spider Gwen, or whatever you want to call her for her name but basically Gwen Stacy Mm -hmm. is her version of Spider-Man from her universe and stuff like that but then let's say they take it and then they make the love interest a male with no reason behind Mm -hmm. it just for say the woke movement which they have done more so in say, DC Comics, but Marvel has recently been guilty of it as well, creating characters and changing things just to make it. So it's part of what's going on in society. It's like that type of stuff, when you force it on people, it's not needed. Of course, people will buy it if they're interested, but to make it just for because it's political, it really doesn't make sense to me in that regard. Yeah, so I'm not really outraged by it. It's just it defies logic in a sense. Yeah, because you're gonna get people. Complaining more than you will get them talking about it in a positive way, which is ideally what you're trying to accomplish.
0: Yeah, and I understand completely what you're saying because. That's
1: why I'm trying to say if it fits in the story, or if you find a way that you can draw on a possibility where it makes it plausible then I'm all for it. You just got to find that way to make it make sense. Some of that, you know, Marvel has been doing stuff better than DC in terms of movies, but like phase four, which they're currently on, they're kind of struggling, and that's because, again, they're going back to almost you could say a reboot where they're introducing new characters expanding the universe of marvel and stuff like that making the necessary connections But again you can't just make connections out of nowhere you gotta have them make sense so that's where hopefully in time Like, come phase five, which will be what we'll be moving on to next, at least in Marvel. Hopefully, the connections they made in phase four will carry forward and it will actually come together. And if my speculating is right, based on Fantastic Four coming, Doctor Doom coming, X Men coming all that sort of stuff it should be planning to secret wars can i say the original secret wars no can i say secret wars 2 again which would be more modern in the 2000s no i don't know which just that that's kind of the direction they're headed for, like, the end of Phase 5, you could say. That's so, what all the signs are pointing to.
0: So that's going to be, like, their next uh, Thanos-type?
1: Yep, yeah. that would be their next Thanos-type.
0: And it'd probably be, thing. what, Galactus?
1: No, mm-hmm. uh, It would actually be Doctor Doom.
0: Oh, Doctor Doom. Stealing, yeah.
1: the, stealing the powers of the Beyond, And then a bunch of heroes and villains getting pulled into a said world to defeat dr doom
0: yeah okay
1: and then um, that's actually how they introduce other heroes in comics like like in the original secret wars that's how they replaced she hulk with ben grimm it's just he fought in the secret wars so then they pretty much were like, well, he's off fighting. She's going to take his place as a result. Uh, they, uh, then they killed some people off. And then that's how you got like Julia Carpenter, Spider Woman, because Spider Woman was killed off in secret. Ors and stuff like that. They needed, and then they created a new character. You got the symbiote suit for Spider Man being revealed. Mm-hmm. So uh, essentially, that Venom is a symbiote alien. Yeah. That has its own will.
0: Yeah, we, um, yeah, I'm, so, I'm, I'm very curious how they're going to blend that Venom to which Spider-Man? <laughs> I, don't
1: uh, thi- I would I'm as thinking of right Garfield. now, I'm going to guess Andrew
0: Garfield. Yeah, that's why I was going with Garfield.
1: Because there was talk that he signed on to Marvel for multiple movies and then there was also a spec of another Spider-Man movie kind of then linking it to what would be Sony's venom verse you could call it yeah because you could almost say marvel owns sony or most of it where they helped sony with like venom and stuff mm-hmm. like that but then also sony didn't listen to kevin feige when he said like don't make the morbius movie which, again, thought it was good for what it was, but it definitely would have been better had it had the actual connections to Spider-Man and stuff like that that got edited out.
0: Yeah, so what, what, what like, was up with that? Why did... Why did uh... it,
1: it went through a whole rewrite and refilming because they went against what, Marvel wanted, aka Kevin Feige, didn't want them making the movie, so then they took away their support, and then that left an inferior product.
0: But they let them keep the Vulture, and uh, you know, at the end of it, yeah, and yep. you know, with the zapping and that's that would that, that <laughs>
1: be that. That's again your connection to the MCU, right there.
0: Yeah. I had a,
1: because it links to Spider Man No Way Home.
0: Yeah, I had a that. theory the other day I was sharing with a friend about that whole how they're gonna do the Spider Man thing. So I'm thinking that they're gonna explain why you know they had the two Venom movies right with no Spider Man whatsoever. So I'm yeah. thinking they're gonna explain that. By, Although they
1: had Venom crossover into yeah Tom yeah somehow, yeah and then he crossed universe. back yeah
0: but uh but i think they're gonna explain spider-man not being in the venom movies by you know when andrew garfield's character is like he lost stacy and you know he was all you know so i think he stopped being spider-man during that time and then something like brings him back i think that's how they're gonna explain all that or
1: depending on how they do secret wars True. <laughs> if, if Andrew Garfield shows up as Spider Man there, he could get the black suit. And there's Venom that way.
0: Yeah, true, true. I also had another thing I always wanted to do as a Spider Man fan. Let, let, me, let me hear what you think about this. Okay. I want him to make, you remember Logan, right? Yep. The movie Logan. I want him yep. to make, like, you know, Old Man Spider Man with Tobey Maguire, like a Logan type spider-man movie with toby nope. no no <laughs> they,
1: they've they've done that's kind of where the miles comes in because like into the spider-verse how they have yeah. all of their peter parker training miles and stuff like that yeah, that's, that's kind that that's Kind of where that concept came from, but yes, I can still see it. And the only problem is in terms of like comics, in terms of like Old Man Logan, there's actually that movie. only Logan, Hawkeye, and Peter Quill, and they actually killed off Spider Man.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, that's in
1: true. In that Old Man logan
0: run yeah i would love them to make movies out of that old man logan thing because i mean that is so fascinating with like the hulk has like this hillbilly family and <laughs> you yep. know and
1: then you could bring in x-23 older yeah his honey badger and the Dakin and his son
0: oh uh, that would be so good which
1: would be then you could be almost doing dark Wolverine and trying to redeem him.
0: What do you think about all these different variations like when they have like, you know, they got Hope, Grey Hope, you know, Ultimate Hope, you know. What do you think about when they do characters like that? Is that like reaching or is it, you know, it's okay?
1: It's okay because it's grounded in the comics. So, like, smart Bruce Banner as Hulk. That's based on the first appearance of Professor Hulk. So that's like Hulk 377 or incredible Hulk 377 for his first appearance. So again, it makes sense. The more, more, Thing you could argue is whether or not they're ever going to do where Hulk is technically the strongest character there is and thus technically can't be beaten by anybody because all you got to do is he has to stay angry. Yeah. <laughs> then no one can beat him. Again, that's kind of what they did with World War Hulk And then they Kind of sent him off world And that led to him Having a son with an alien Woman named Scar S-K-A-A-R His first appearance Is like what if Planet Hulk number one stuff like that Same with the female alien and stuff like that and then hulk becomes ruler of that planet and then goes and invades earth
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, yeah they kind of do that in uh, the thor movie where they kind of do the thing where hulk becomes too powerful whatever and they send him off and you know and thor he ends up yeah. on you know i, I watched a, i think that was on a planet hulk cartoon or something like that too they did that but um yeah. But yeah, I, you know, to me, uh, in the it seemed like they kind of watered down the Hulk a little bit in the MCU. Like he gets beat up, <laughs> you know, he got oh, yeah. he got beat up they, by Thanos. He got beat up by like Iron Man, the Hulk Buster suit. That's you know?
1: just it. He wouldn't be afraid. He would be wanting revenge. Yeah. So yes, in that I will agree.
0: Yeah. All right, man. And, well, and
1: they probably again did it more for the story to fit because in theory you could basically say Hulk would beat Thanos end mm-hmm. of story and that's <laughs> that happened. But again they wanted to make more of a story, which again makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't be a very good movie if you know <laughs> the first battle yeah he kills thanos and then what, what? what's the rest of the movie about right <laughs> well pretty much <laughs> all right we'll wrap it up there man i could talk comics with you all day but i don't <laughs> know we got i know we both uh, got things to do so sounds good uh we'll wrap it up there uh yeah you want to plug anything else before we get you out of here uh,
1: I'm good. Just thank you for the opportunity. Hope you continue to do well with your podcast. I'll have to check it out.
0: Okay, and I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate the knowledge you share. You you know a lot.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm happy to share anything you want to know. So if you have questions regarding anything, comics you know how to reach me so feel free to reach out
0: i sure I will um how about you to
1: help the best i can uh,
0: uh share your facebook page one more time
1: okay so on facebook i'm parker agle my real first name is alec people that know me know both names parker it it just Happened to be my dog, <laughs> and then Aggle is short a shortened version, part of my last name. Uh, Again, people who know me will learn my last name as well, stuff like that. So that part really isn't too relevant. But then it got popular in comics because purposely named my dog after Spider-Man, Peter Parker. So Parker that way. And then thus I get called Parker or Alec. And then I have I'm friends with my re, my actual account as well, but I re, really do use Parker the most because it has the most connections with comics and anything comic book related. So again, you can reach me on Facebook Messenger on Parker Eggle that way. I mean, Again, I try to help anyone that needs help with anything the best they can. If I don't know an answer to the question or if they're looking for something, I try to point them to the person or people that can answer those questions, have a certain comic book they may be looking for, all that sort of stuff. So again, I just try to do my best to make the comic book community as strong as it can be, and when the rest just kind of falls into place, helping how I can, and that's about it. And when I keep busy giving help with good old comics, they go live Tuesdays, Thursdays on Facebook at 8 p.m. East standard time and I kind of stepped back from helping them more mainly I was moderating all their sales and took a step back more due to health reasons more simply put trouble sleeping and my lower back just hurting for whatever reason been going to the chiropractor a lot for that getting better with my back but sleep is still an issue technically always has been but been doing it over six years without a break so now I'm finally kind of taking a break you could say there but still also helping just a little and stuff like that as needed and then they're also live on instagram on sundays at good old comics one word one word all lowercase you can really just find them by using the magnifying glass and typing in good old comics they should come right up and then at the same time 8 p.m eastern and the main thing to know is they do a lot of giveaways, especially for Instagram sales. So people have a good shot, especially if they are willing to spend usually a minimum of 200 which every 100 will be an entry, and then last couple giveaways have actually been secret alert aids so first black suit spider-man as an alien and stuff like that so essentially good spec book that they have been giving away (laughs) multiple times (laughs) and stuff like that so I would know because I get sent the names and then I got to run the videos live on the good old comics page and stuff like that. So, unfortunately, that also means I'm excluded from the giveaways, but it is what it is.
0: No fair. <laughs> no fair. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Parker. And um, well, thank you. And I want to thank everybody for listening. And don't forget, for all your comic book needs, hit Parker up if you, if you need to know anything about comics. All right. Thank you, everybody, and be well.